everybody gossips. But is gossip destructive, positive, or is it something you need to get a hold of quickly in your clinic? As we return to the workplace, gossip is rearing its ugly head once again in our discussions. And this week, we want to talk to you about gossip in the veterinary practice. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And a topic that we're going to talk about is the gossiping that can occur in clinics. And we know that it's a natural tendency to talk about other things and even people when they're not around. But how does this really impact your clinic? So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. But before we do, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, this is a conversation that I guess in, in retrospect, we've talked around a lot, but we really haven't devoted a lot of time to the specific topic of gossip. And so I know you were just recently speaking at the New York Vet Show, or you were in Chicago at the Chicago Vet Show, which is made by the New York Vet Show. And you guys were talking about gossip, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we were talking about some of the amazing content that we've heard at these shows in the past. And and just kind of reminiscing on how much good content there is. And, you know, somebody was talking about a lecture they went to. And it's unfortunate because I don't, they didn't remember who they were talking to or, or or who they heard it from. But it was it was just in passing a comment about something they had learned about the nature of gossip being anything that is a discussion in the clinic that has to do with things that can't be changed. You know, specifically yeah. people, right? Like, like right. not, you know, the we're so bad that they're building a... A, a Wendy's and not a Burger King next door. Right, right, right. Right. Like, but you know, this client, I can't believe she let this go this long, or I can't believe she's complaining about the prices or X, Y, or Z. And I thought that was really interesting because if I think individually, if we asked a hundred people to define gossip, we'd probably get a hundred definitions. Yeah. And so I'll tell you my definition. Number one, for me, gossip is talking about somebody who isn't there. Okay. So like I go back to how I was raised and like, you know, if you're talking about somebody behind their back, you shouldn't do it. I think that baked within that, Becky, for me, is sort of this judgment, this sort of moral judgment about something. Like we're talking about someone who isn't there to defend themselves and we're making a judgment, right? And again, that's why you say they're not there to defend themselves. Uh, and I think that that often we do this um, and I'm not, I guess it can be entertaining. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we like to talk about other things and people, but Becky, at the, at the root of it, I think is the potential for harming relationships, especially in a small vet clinic. Sure. And I think it's interesting when I was listening to you just then, um, when I think about people who are gossiping, I always think about, and I am super guilty of this either. So please let me step down from my pedestal and be realistic <laughs> about, you know, myself, but I have said, I'm not saying anything I wouldn't say to their face, right? So I'm having right. a conversation with you, Ernie. I'm talking about Susie Q. And I'm like, oh, and I would not say this to her face. So I'm not like gossiping. I would say this to her face. Right, but and they're really not there. They're not there, <laughs> right? And it, right. it would be very confrontational to say it to their face. And I wouldn't like walk up to them in the break room. But if they said, hey, did you say this about me? Maybe I would own it. Right. And I'm like, that still counts as gossip. Just because you would be willing to say it to their face, but you have yet not yet done so, or would not without a confrontational situation, it still counts that way. So I, my point is just that I think you're right about defining gossip. Like 
what does that actually to you mean when you're gossiping? And I think it can enlighten a lot of us onto, oh, I probably am gossiping when I don't even realize I am. Right. And again, I'm not, I'll be the first viewfinders to say that not all gossip is bad or harmful or destructive, right? I mean, because the gossip also talking about someone who isn't there, let's just kind of work with that definition framework for a little bit. That also gives you like the social goings on in your clinic, right? So Becky's not at work and I say, oh, Becky's, you know, going out uh, to ride her motorcycle, right? I mean, so if it's that kind of quote unquote specifically gossip, that's okay, right? I think it's when it involves a moral judgment. Oh, Becky's out riding her motorcycle today and she's not attending to her work duties, right? That's yeah. when it starts to cross the line and become destructive, in my opinion. Does that, I, hopefully, that's making a little bit of sense there, right? Yeah. Not all I, think yeah, yeah. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. And again, I think there's just a difference between. What is a fact and what has emotion base behind it, right? So if, right, if right. somebody walks in the clinic and says, hey, Becky's not here today. No, she had a rally. She's out riding her bike. That's a fact. It's not gossip. But if it's something like, oh, this must be the 15th. I wish I had an opportunity to ride or whatever. Like, that is fine. But it's another of like, you know, well, did you hear she had to take out a $20,000 loan to ride right, that bike? Or, right. you know, is this the 15th time she's taken off this month? Or... Those types of things, they tend to 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 dribble down more into it. Um, but I think we even get into it when it's things like, well, Becky feeds uh, raw food. Or, <laughs> right, um, right, right. Did you know? Or uh, Becky's husband apparently got in trouble at work or X, Y, or Z. And it's funny because... You already said it. Not all gossip is bad. Some of it's factual. So I honestly, and you and I talk about this all the time, defining and putting an SOP. So I think within your clinic, you need to look at and say, what is gossip? Because we strongly encourage these zero tolerance policies. But I think it's a point of the conversation because we have told you in the past, you need a zero tolerance policy. But have we really told you to what? And I think that's what we're trying to explore. Right. And one other aspect I want to talk about this viewfinders is that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm focusing now a little bit more on the more harmful gossip, right? So I think that often when we engage in gossip about another person who isn't there to defend themselves and making a moral judgment, it's for our own personal gain, right, Becky? I mean, like, like we're trying to say, oh, Becky does this, right? Or, oh, she's, she's at this motorcycle rally. Is her husband with her? I don't think so, right? I mean, it's somehow Ooh, yeah. that is making us seem more, you know, uh, either pious or more educated or capable, competent. I think that's really in the workplace when when gossip occurs for your own personal gain. I think that is really where you've got to be super sensitive, you know, as as a clinic, a manager, a leader, whatever. Yeah, well, I think you're absolutely right because when we start to 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 start to make trouble just because what we're talking about, that's absolutely true. You know, and I think about a circumstance since we're talking about motorcycle rallies this past weekend. <laughs> we had right. a um, poker chip run, and um, we were working one of the event tables. So we were at the Holden Beach stop. If you check out my Instagram, you will yeah. see a lovely golden named Joshua who I spent I some time with. That's the most yeah. important takeaway. But um. I had an incident with a, a member, a club member, who uh, was was talking about um, someone who had transitioned and was really kind of being un unpolite yeah. and was saying, well, you've already had one come through here. Uh, and I just yeah. kind of smiled and like was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And I, I, I wasn't giving that back. And, and I was like, so you can tell gossip, I feel like it's a red flag when you don't engage and that other person starts to look stupid. What that person wanted was for me to engage and to get into a, a, a nasty conversation with, about somebody. And I wasn't willing to do that. But I recognized it right away as like, this is going somewhere really badly. Um, and, I, and, I, and my way of responding was simply to just play dumb. But I think it's a good indicator, again, like you said, is if there's a leading statement that doesn't go anywhere, but gives you the opportunity to take it somewhere, that we need to throw a major red flag. Right. And that's one of the things that, that gossip excels at, and that's exaggerating the situation, right? This is the old telephone game. And so, yeah. like, you know, they lead you into this, and you're like, oh, yeah, I heard. And then it, you know, it just amplifies from there. And, and I do think Viewfinders, Becky took a, a really reasonable approach to this situation because, number one, Becky, I'm assuming this isn't pers a person that you're, you're intimate with or close with. Nope, right, never met right. before. <laughs> never met before. First so, time. <laughs> right. So so you really have two choices here. Well, you have three, but but let's talk about the two main ones. One, she could have confronted them and said, you know, and tried to educate this person on trans rights and, and the challenges that they face and stigmas in, in society and so forth, right? So she could have tried to educate. That would have been adversarial. And, you know, honestly, I think it would have ended badly for both of you. I mean, I think you would, oh, yeah. would have wound up in a, in a serious altercation uh, at best. Uh, the second thing she can do is sort of ignore it. And and Becky, back I, I've, I've been accused of, of sort of, well, if you ignore it, you're condoning or endorsing it. And I don't know that I always agree with that, especially in a situation like this where it's someone you don't know, okay? Now, let's reframe this, Becky. Let's say that this similar situation doesn't have to be the same topic, occurs in the clinic. Now, now it's somebody that I know intimately. I know them on a personal level. I work with them, okay? And, and we can define that however you want, but this is somebody that you are in some way close to, right? Now, yeah. let's say they make a comment like that. I think then it's okay to do one of two things. Like Becky said, hey, you know, listen, uh, I, I don't think it's appropriate for us to talk about that at work. Just kind of shut it down. It, walk away, right? Or you you could, I think, say, well, you know, I don't see it that way. You know, these people have a very difficult situation, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm very sympathetic. I think we need to support them. You know what I'm saying, Becky? Like, yeah. I think, like, but in, in the wild, you know, because yeah. this happens to me too. Yeah. I'm sure it happens to everybody listening. You know, I don't just now go out there and say, well, you know what? I'm going to beat you up for that opinion. My husband was concerned. I'm not going to lie. He definitely heard where it was going and got a little bit worried about where I was going to go with right. that comment. What I did in that moment is I smiled and I said, yeah, no, I know you're talking about I'm a big fan. So I'm, I'm confused what you're getting at. And that kind of confused and disengaged him. Um, right. But again, yeah, I didn't even know. Him. Now, it's 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 a simple example because right like gossip would we wouldn't even be thinking we're gossiping with somebody we didn't know right but then like let's think about this in this scenario we had probably 10 people around us with an earshot not engaged in the conversation how easily does it then get back to any one member of a club that so and so was talking about them or that this conversation got brought up and and it gets taken out of context right so this is even though i don't know this person it's not a work relationship we don't have ties this could ultimately still come back on me really negatively. Um, what I actually said to my husband, though, is I hope 
that she knows that she is supported uh, wherever she goes, even if she's not there, by people who will not engage in that type of conversation. So, and that is the ability that you have, because obviously if we're talking trans issues, we're talking big, big stuff here. But if you're also just talking the fact that, oh, guess what? I wore the same scrubs three times this week and you're going (laughs) to talk about me behind my back because of it. I also want to know that somebody's going to defend me because I'm not there. Right. And the one thing too, viewfinders, I really want to emphasize today is that the conversations that occur in your clinic establish the culture, right? So see what Becky was describing there and sort of this, this biker rally thing or whatever, you know, what, what she was really saying is people are listening. And so if that conversation continues, that starts to establish a norm. So that means that, Hey, we can talk about this stuff. And in fact, in this case, talk about it in a derogatory or negative fashion. And so this is why gossip in these settings is so powerful because if these conversations are happening about people who aren't there to defend themselves, making a moral judgment, maybe you're getting personal gain out of it. Maybe you're distorting the truth, right? If all that is happening, that means you're setting up a culture that then says this is acceptable. And I'm telling you that is destructive and harmful. That's really where I land on why we don't like gossip in the workplace. It's because of that tendency. That's right. And you and I have a tendency to regularly say, fix your culture, fix your culture. We need to start telling you how, and that's what we're working at. But this goes even further. And this starts to touch in an area that you and I have talked about regularly where I feel that, or I should say, I think that my therapist gets on me. I (laughs) I think, not feel, that too many people, not too many, but a, a bunch of people end up in, in management that that have no management history, right? They're great right. employees. They get promoted up there. So I cannot tell you how many clinics I know. And I understand even on a corporate level, you have a corporate human resource, but you're not practicing human resource within the clinic, right? right. Well, I was, when we were talking about this, looked up an article and I shared it with you about the, you know, the Society of Human, um, or the... Um, human resource management organizations. And we always tell you to have a policy, right? Like we're like saying have a policy. Well, this gossip issue can absolutely be a human resource equal opportunity issue. And that's why we want you to pay attention and have these protocols because it turns out that you can have an overly broad no gossip policy that can actually apparently violate uh, Section 7 (laughs) of the (laughs) National Labor Relations Act, right, which is protected concerted activity of employees. And so basically, you have the right to talk about wages, hours, and employment conditions, and therefore... If you have an employee who's making your work conditions or a coworker make your work conditions bad and you're talking about that, that could be construed or can, received as gossip. However, it may not be. And so for us, this conversation is really important to us because you can get yourself into management trouble. And we've had these conversations right. a lot this year, I feel like, about people who are in management or in human resources who don't necessarily understand human resource laws. And so one, if you are in a workplace that you're being gossiped about, you can have an equal opportunity issue in, you can have a discriminatory workplace lawsuit. If you have no policies or policies that are over stringent, you can have a workplace policy EEOC issue. So it seems really important um, because, so in this situation that I was reading in the article, basically this, this was a school that got sued that had a restrictive no gossip policy that banned talking about someone's personal or professional life when the person um, was or the manager was not present. It also prohibited making negative or disparaging comments or criticisms about anyone creating or sharing 
or repeating a rumor about another person, and discussing work issues in terms or conditions of employment with other employees. And that is the line that got them in trouble. Work issues or terms and conditions of employment with other employees. That is not considered gossip. That has to actually be protected under your National Labor Relations Act. Right. And so I guess if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't really care about gossip and my it's not out of control in my workplace and it's fine, just remember one bad apple. One right. bad apple who knows the law better than you or has enough money to hire a lawyer to find out the law and to run your clinic into the ground over yeah. something like this is, is should be worthwhile for you to make sure you know the laws and you have the policies. Wow. You know, and as you're saying that, it just kind of reminds me of what I'm sure most viewfinders have probably heard throughout their, their life, and especially in childhood, is if you don't have something nice to say about someone, don't say it at all behind their back. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's really that simple. And I love the fact that, you know, there are legal protections around certain parts of speech, right? So there's certain things. Because again, viewfinders, I think that as I've talked about this for for nearly 25 years to to veterinary owners, practice owners, and managers, you know, Becky, they everybody always just goes to the extreme. They say, well, you know, look, we 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 really try to you know keep a, a lid on gossip. We are very attentive to the conversations, and whenever appropriate, you know, we try to intervene and steer that away, or maybe even pull somebody aside privately and say that's an appropriate conversation. And and people say, oh gosh, so you just want like a quiet, silent. <laughs> you know, workplace. Yeah. It's like, it's like almost like people think that, well, if you have no gossip, then what are you going to be saying back there? And I, (laughs) I I mean, you know, it's like, well, wait a second. Okay. First of all, not all gossip is bad. We're talking about harmful, bad gossip. That's right. Neutral and good is fine, but you know, it's really, you have to go that step further because I, I will tell you, viewfinders, if you're listening and saying, well, what are we supposed to talk about if we can't talk about each other? You know, say you can talk about each other. You just need to do it in a positive fashion. Right. Because <laughs> can I talk to you about how successful Ernie's girls have been in their first years of right. college? Or can I talk to you about Becky's beautiful motorcycle and the right. really fun time that they've been doing fundraising? Can I talk to you about all the positive things? And that's exactly right. Because you and I are the first to say, I want to hear laughter. I want to hear chatter. Right. And there is a certain amount of quote unquote gossip that is going to be healthy in the workplace that kind of does build camaraderie. And there are going to be situations where, you know, again, the definition I gave us is something you can't change. You you should be able to come in back and say, that was really horrible. I'm never going to forget that. I'm not going to get the smell off me. Like we have to be able to get those things off of our chest, right? And that isn't necessary. And if we feel we've been done very wrong by a coworker, it may come out. Like, I can't believe she just did that. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Okay, that's normal, right? So the issue is mostly, like you said, is it destructive? Is it the normal tone that we're using in the workplace? And is there nothing productive coming from it? So what what we're scared of is basically the erosion of that trust and that camaraderie as opposed to building it up, right? Right. Losing productivity and time that that we're just, this is all we're doing and we're getting kind of in a rut about it. That's a different scenario. That's a different scenario. When we're we're using it to leverage our queen bees, our clicks, uh, to make people feel bad about themselves. um, Or, and it's funny because when we say gossip should not be in the presence of some, you know, if they're not there to defend themselves, that also means don't whisper about about them across the room because they know, you know, and we've seen those scenarios as well. (laughs) So I think you kind of just have to look at the whole spectrum here throughout this conversation and say, okay, what is quote unquote acceptable? First of all, what is my definition of gossip? What is acceptable? What is unacceptable? 
make sure you define it. Make sure it's not so broad that there no one really understands the rule. And then make sure it is a written rule and policy so you can protect yourself and your employees. But I think that we all kind of know the golden rule here. And it's like, if yeah. you wouldn't want it said about yourself, then you shouldn't be saying about someone else. Exactly. And that that's a great way to look at it. I mean, again, if you're having a conversation about someone who is not there or present, then you need to say, would I be comfortable if this same conversation was being had about me if I were in this place? And, you know, if you are, then I mean, okay, good for you or whatever. I, I think also, Becky, just I want to go back one more time to what I said about, you know, I think a lot of the gossip that I fear the most in a workplace in the vet clinic is the the gossip that is trying to give you personal advantage, right? So what you do is you talk bad about someone else. And again, it can be their clinical skills, their interpersonal relationships, their communication, whatever, right? But if you're talking badly about some, if you're talking bad about somebody else, I think that again is only trying to elevate your stature within the clinic. And that for me, that's a huge red flag. Like that meets every definition of bad gossip, right? You, you know where I'm going with that? It's like when you're saying, you know, oh gosh, you know, well, Becky's always out, right? I mean, that's really a subtle way of saying I'm always here, right? And yeah. Well, and I think that can be elevating yourself either in the workplace or elevating yourself to yourself, right? right. Like that's the exactly. other thing Good is point. that sometimes it's just because you feel like crap about yourself. And so every nasty thing you can point out about everybody else around you makes you feel yep. good. By the way, your managers don't feel better about you when you're pointing out bad things about everybody else. It's not, it's not your good fast point. track to getting a raise. Good point. And you're right, because that, that I think that is a, a tactic that people... And, and Becky, let's be honest, they've been rewarded for that, right? So they have... They've gotten away with it for so long in many of these clinics. That's the culture that's established. And therefore, you know, there's no disincentive or no penalty for doing it. Now, Becky, I just want to get your your opinion. Um, so when when this would happen in our clinic, and, and so typically this was, you know, everybody should be able to step in and everybody should be, I think, uh, able to, you know, step in when they hear something that they aren't comfortable with. But if we heard it, especially myself or Laura or our managers, what we would do is just, you know, try to approach those people, big smile on and say, hey guys, you know, what's going on? And and try to pivot that conversation quickly. And I think sometimes just when the a manager or leader steps in and says, hey, what are you guys talking about? It's almost implicit that I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's inappropriate, but what do you recommend? Like if you, if you hear some conversation that you think is bad gossip, any tips on how you could maybe stop that? It's up to you, right? Like, and, and yeah, yeah, cause that's how the situation that I was in the other day. Right. So I just smiled really big and looked confused at this person. Because if you ask somebody to elaborate on being nasty about somebody else and you're not immediately giving them the feedback, it gets real weird real fast. Right, <laughs> like, right. it gets real uncomfortable. So he was looking at me confused and I was looking at him confused, like, confirming, absolutely, yeah, I did see someone who has transitioned come through. What's up? <laughs> you know, and it wasn't what the engagement yeah. was. Um, so that was, that's definitely a, is confusion. And I will say you have to be willing to go here, but like if someone is being nasty about somebody and you're like asking them to elaborate cause you don't understand it quickly gets weird because they right. are like, Oh, oh no, I'm going to need you to participate with this for it to be actual right. gossip. The other thing is of course, flip the narrative and say something positive. And I do try to yeah, do that, yeah, yeah. um, is to just say, well, you know, I, I I can't imagine how long this has been going on or what went on in the client's life to to make it so they couldn't get here. I'm so glad they're here now. Right. Um, 
Right. You know, because it's it's just diffusing. And the thing is, is misery loves company and so does gossip. Gossip is never runs a one-way street. So you have to be willing to participate for this to go anywhere. And it's easy to shut the behavior down pretty quickly when it doesn't go anywhere. It's no different than rewarding right. a toddler because it's very immature behavior. And so when you feed into it, it, it grows quickly. If you don't, it dies pretty quick. Yeah, agreed. And that's why, you know, I guess I'm trying to to paint this picture. I mean, there's some egregious comments or conversations that would demand me pulling you aside into the office and having a real serious conversation about why this can't occur, right? But most of the time, it's like Becky said, it's like reward the positive. So flip the narrative, make it a positive conversation or, or make it at least sympathetic towards the situation, right? Say, hey, you know, there's another side to this that maybe we aren't considering. And, and so I think that that actually, that subtle pivot is maybe more powerful in changing the behavior in your clinic culture than just dressing down everybody, right? You know, so right. again, I, I think that you have to take it on each individual situation. There are times when obviously you have to reprimand immediately, uh, or if you allow it to persist, it just will continue to escalate. But I think most of the time I'm in agreement with Becky. I've certainly done this myself. I've witnessed Laura do this innumerable times where you just kind of walk up, big smile, and, and shift it to a more positive conversation. Yeah. And that's actually, it becomes more and more because, you know, that's another thing is we feel like we'll become the object or the target of gossip if we don't engage. Right. And so we have right. a tendency, especially with that clinic queen bee or the clinic bully to be like, oh, I'm on their good or the gosh, God forbid that doctor who does it too. Yeah. Like there's always yeah. a doctor who rotates through who they hate. Yeah. And then you're like, well, as long as I'm not the object, I'm going to jump in because as long as I'm on this side of the line, I won't be on that side of the line. Good point. And that is something that can be super bad because it's actually self-preserving, right? You're like, yeah. I don't want to be the subject of this. I've been there before. So then you end up jumping in and being a part of that just because you you want to be a part of it because you don't want to be the, the recipient. And I think that can be one of the scariest, most devastating things in a workplace is when we have that person who just shoots darts on any day and you're just waiting to be the target. Um, those people can be really, really damaging as well. So yeah, I think it can be hard because we're innately we'll jump in on it because it means it's not us. And everything you just said there describes the definition of culture in the yeah. workplace, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, it becomes tribal, it becomes, you know, this self-protective, you know, and, and again, those are, these are either positive attributes or negative ones. In this case, it's negative. Well, and one thing that I read that was kind of a good point is you don't get to put your, your no gossip policies in place in order to distract from terrible management or a terrible doctor, <laughs> right. right? So it's not a matter yeah, right. of, this isn't a dictatorship. Hello, Rashley, we're not allowed to say, like, you're just not allowed to say mean things about the right. people in charge. That's not what this is about. And that is another way it can be misabused. Um, so I think if you don't have a policy, our point is here in 30 minutes, can't teach you everything there is to know, but we want you to know this is actually going to, at some point, be a problem for you if it's not already. Two, it is going to involve equal opportunity and labor rights, and so you had better have some awareness of them. And three, if you have a problem with turnover, if you have a problem with keeping staff on board, you know, if you've got that queen bee, I guarantee you this is at least one place for you to start to try to turn that around. Wow, I love that. And viewfinders, we will have uh, links to an office gossip policy paper that you can look at if you want to, you know, 
explore this further, but we really want to hear from you. What about workplace gossip in your clinic? Is it a problem? Are you paying attention to the conversations occurring around you? Do you think it influences your clinic culture? I'd really like to hear your opinions on this because I think this is one of those conversations that you should have. It sounds pretty positive to me, as long as you're not talking about other people gossiping, <laughs> gossiping in the clinic. But we would, I'd really like to hear from you guys. You know where to find us. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, tweet at Vet Viewfinder, or shoot us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. But I will say I answer those. So if you address them, Dr. Ernie, and you don't acknowledge me, <laughs> I probably won't respond. So just, just act like I'm here when you're emailing. Oh, gosh. And uh, you have viewfinders. If you start off your email with, do you still have that podcast? <laughs> I'm probably not. A good, probably <laughs> I had not somebody a good. asked me that the other day, and I said, "Well, you just admitted to not listening." <laughs> and you know, um, we're getting off track here, but it it is conference season. We're out and about. If you yeah. see Dr. Ernie or I speaking somewhere, and you want to come say hi, um, this past weekend I had a gentleman. He didn't introduce himself, but he said he'd been waiting two years to meet me as a podcast fan, and so. You guys don't know how much that means to us. So if you're out and about and you see us, please do come say hello. It truly makes our whole day. Oh, it rocks our world. So thank yeah. you, Viewfinders. So we're closing in quickly on, I don't know how many years. Almost so six years. years. <laughs> Almost six years. Guys, you have a great week. Stay safe. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. I thought that was good.